No weapon that you try to form against me, devil, will ever, ever prosper. It'll come to naught. Praise God. Well, we've been in a series. I want to welcome Rachel today, too, for the first time. Give her a hand clap. Amen. Rebecca's daughter. Amen. Praise God. Glad to have you today with us. Amen. Uh, we have been in a series, the last, the end of it, probably, unless uh, Holy Spirit tells me difference. He's the boss, right? But uh, this is point four. The first point was that he would what? Oh, that you would bless me indeed. All right. Number two, that you would enlarge my territory. Number three, that your hand would be upon me. And lastly today, that you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. So it's been an exciting series. In fact, uh, how many of you, did everybody get a card with that prayer on it? If you didn't get one, raise your hand up and we will make sure you get one. I think they're laying right back there somewhere. And one, if you'll help us out over here, Rebecca and Rachel, anybody else today? It's a powerful prayer. It's not so much that the prayer is going to save you or do anything, but how many know you're speaking some blessings on your life and enlargement? You can word it however you want to. I want your blessings, Lord. I want enlargement in my life, and I want your hand upon me, and please, Lord, keep me from evil. So as we've gone through here, man, we found out that we can pray large and live large, can't we? That's kind of the, the name of this series. I believe people that pray large live large. Is prayer the key? That's what happened to Jabez. Out of all these names, I'm going to mention them again, some 500 names in nine chapters. You can read it for yourself starting in 1 Chronicles chapter 1 if you, if you want to fall asleep. <laughs> you know, it's Jahez begot Jabab and all these different names all down through there. But two verses stand out right in the middle of that. In chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it talks about Jabez. And it says Jabez was more honorable, first of all. And all of his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow or with pain. So, how many of you know, we talked about this in the first session quite a bit, but how many knows your name doesn't have to define you? So what somebody calls you does not have to define you. They may say stuff like, He's never going to amount to not much. He's, she's, blah, blah, blah. Always going to be like that. Just, uh, I rebuke that over your life right now we break that curse and those words amen why not speak blessings and favor over someone's life amen how many and, and Jabez somehow knew that and we talked about it could have been his great 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 grandpa Abraham or Joseph or Isaac or some of him in his lineage but he broke that curse and he chose to reach out to God he decided to call out to God that's the word that it uses here so he called out to God Oh, that you would bless me indeed. You would enlarge my territory. Your hand would be upon me. You would keep me from evil. Hallelujah. So today, we're going to talk about keeping us from evil. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Point number four, I'm going to call it taking dominion over the enemy. Is there evil in our world today? Oh, yeah. We see it everywhere, do we not? And so, do we have to be a part of it? No. Can we take authority over it? Can we stay away from it? That's what Jabez was praying. Keep me away from it. You know, 
I remember another guy in the New Testament praying that. He said, it's something called like the, Father, the Lord's Prayer. Anybody ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? It's really the model prayer, isn't it? It's how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's a model prayer. They said, how, how, he said, Jesus, Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father, let's say it, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from what? Evil. Did I skip part of it? <laughs> I left a line out, didn't I? It just now came to my attention. I got the cart before the horse there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The main part I was trying to get to, though, was the evil part. There we go, right? Preacher needs to go back and, and study that. You know, I prayed that prayer every night with my mother and my brother. and my. You'd think I would, it would be etched, right, Kara? You would think it would be etched, but did leave out a line there. But the main part is that you would keep me from evil. Was there evil back then? Yeah, as far back as you want to go. You know, we, God set man up so beautiful, didn't he? Here on this earth, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, everything's coming together, making everything beautiful. God saw it's all good. It's just wonderful, wonderful. And he gave him power, or I think the King James uses the word dominion. Dominion over all the earth. We get into chapter 3, though, and what happens? The, the enemy came and took that dominion, didn't he? He became the prince of the power of the air and began to tempt man. And how many of you know it's, it's not a sin to be tempted? You're, every one of us is going to be tempted just about every day with something, a thought, you know, an action, a word, something. We're going to get offended maybe about something, whatever the, the, the temptation may be. But it, it becomes sin. James talks about it in James chapter 1. You know, when it becomes sin, when lust conceives, it becomes Sin. We meditate on it, we think on it, and before long the actions begin to follow. So we find in chapter 3, Adam and Eve, what? What we call the fall of man. Boom. All messed up, right? Because of the tempter that came. He came and deceived Eve. She got Adam to partake, and here we are, you know, still that sinful nature is still present. How many of you know you don't have to teach somebody how to do wrong? It's, it's that sinful, carnal nature that's inside of, of man. And so, you know, in the, one of the studies that we did here on Wednesday night, and I'm pretty sure this will be part of Terry's class when he starts the ordination class, but we studied all these different ologies, theology, uh, God, you know, uh, soteriology, hamartiology, and I'm, sometimes I'm butchering these names, but Hamartiology is the doctrine of sin. H-A-M-A-R, I can spell it better than I can say it. H-A-M-A-R-T-I-O-L-O-G-Y. Hamartiology, the doctrine of sin. It's been around. It started in heaven with the devil. That's where sin started. He said, I will exalt myself. I'll become like the most high. I will ascend. I will do this. He said five different things. He said that got him kicked out of heaven. So it started there, but then we find in chapter 3 of Genesis, as I mentioned earlier, all of a sudden we see man relinquishing 
his dominion and rule, and the enemy comes and says, now I've got it. <laughs> now i got it. I've got it. I'm going to rule and reign. I'm going to set myself up and, and be the one in charge down here. Is he still trying to do that today? Yes, he is. So back to the notes here a little bit. Jesus said it this way. In John chapter 16, verse number 30, 33, and I know I'm skipping over some scriptures, scriptures, Bev, but here we are. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have, what? Tribulation. A lot of the things that we're facing today can tie into that word there. The attack of the enemy is a lot of it. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Now we're going to read that. I think I had her put that in the Amplified. How many knows what the Amplified version does? Good answer. Boy, I've got a smart crowd today. And not only one said that, probably 10 or 15. Man, touch your neighbor and say, you smart. <laughs> you smart. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Amplified version says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world, you'll have tribulation and trials and distress and frustrations. Anybody got the t-shirt on that? But, everybody say but, be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. I like that word. For I have overcome the world, and here it is right here. This is the main point. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Hallelujah. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon today, remember those last few words. I have deprived it of its power to harm you, and I have what? Conquered it for you. Should the devil have any power in our life? He does not. Only the power, you've heard me say it before, that you give him. Do people give him power? Yeah, they sure do. Sad, even believers, right? So we live in an evil, evil world. And Jabez is saying, Lord, I pray to you, keep me away from evil. You know, the power that we talked about, uh, it started first. You know, Jesus first tried it with the 12 disciples. He said, I'm going to try this power thing out on them, this transfer of power. So in Luke chapter 9... And verse number one, here it is. He says, uh, one day Jesus called together his 12, everybody say 12, disciples, and he gave them what? Power and authority to what? Cast out demons. Woo-hoo-hoo! Hallelujah. And to heal all diseases. Wow. Woo! Son. That's some power, isn't it? But that was just for the 12, right? It was then, <laughs> but now it's coming, all right? We're, we're leading up to something. The second power he gave, he commissioned, remember, 70 more people to help out. His, his ministry was growing. 12 couldn't handle it, so he sent them out two by two in these villages and stuff. Go for it. If they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and move on to the next place. But here's what he gave them in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 19, the 70. Behold, I give you the authority 
to trample on serpents and scorpions. That's how many know devils and demons. That's a picture there. We know that. Old Testament, you see that word serpent, scorpion. It's usually referring to demonic power of some sort. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. So now we got 82 people with this power. Look out, right? But Jesus went a little further, didn't he? Right before he left in the Great Commission, what did he say here in Mark 16? I believe it is verse uh, 17 or 18, somewhere along in there. There it is. These signs will follow just the 70 and the 12, right? Those who believe. Say, that's me. That's me. Hallelujah. Now let's see what it is. In my name, you've got to be sure and put that in there. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. Woo. Jesus didn't want his believers powerless, did he? He wanted you to have that exousia, that delegated authority and power. And I know we've talked about that a lot here at this church. If you don't know the power and the authority uh, that you have, if you've been attending this church very long, you haven't been listening, baby. Right? You haven't been listening because we want to train up and disciple young men, young women, old men, if they don't know it already. They should by now, right? The authority... And the power that you have as a believer in the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see Jabez praying this prayer. Now, now we mentioned evil a while ago, and I want her to throw this up. I've probably got the cart before the horse here, but how many of you know that evil is here in our world today? And so, it, you know, first we overlook evil. Here it is. Well, can y'all see that? I can't read that one back there. First we overlook evil. Do we see this going on in our society? Well, you know, we just kind of, they're just doing their thing. It's not really, doesn't concern me, uh, you know, type of thing. Then we permit it, and then we put people in our Congress and our House of Representatives and Senate, and before long, they legalize evil, say it's okay, you know. Then we promote evil. Do we see that going on right now? Young men that stand up against it, you know what happens? They get laughed, ridiculed, made one guy in his, what, hockey league or something stood up against it, said, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to wear the gay stuff, all right? I'm just, it's not going to happen. I'm, I have convictions. And he, we find them ridiculing, harassing, all of this stuff. So we, we promote it, and it kind of falls in the same thing. We celebrate pride. Yeah, evil. Then we persecute those who still call it Evil. Our preachers and those who call, step out against it being persecuted, ridiculed. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the step-by-step digression of evil. It's still present today. But we as Christians, I want to stay away from it, don't you? It's what Jabez said, keep me away. What I do want to do is help those that are caught up in this evil trap. I want to pull them out. Jude says in the last days, grab hold of them. Pull them out of the fire because they're going to burn in hell. The Bible's pretty clear about some of this stuff, right? And it's not a popular message to preach today. We've got to preach love and mercy and grace. And I preach, we preach that here. 
where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. But at some point, we have to realize that we are in a world that is fallen. And it's trying, you know, the enemy has not slacked up. He's tried to influence more and more and more and more, take more territory. So if I'm going to enlarge my territory, Jabez knew, he says, I've got to, evil is not going to help me enlarge my territory in the kingdom of God, is it? It's going to try to snatch away what I have. The thief, and I, I don't know if I gave her this scripture, but John 10, 10. There it is. I did give it to her. We, this is his mission statement, the first part of it. And then we, then we see the Lord's mission statement, the last part of it. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Is that the devil's plan? He wants you to live beneath, below, down here, in fear, instead of faith, on and on and on. We could spend a long time talking, but I don't, I don't like talking about him. But I'll guarantee you one thing. I'm not going to give him any place in my life. He's not going to be Lord of my life. Hallelujah. We're going we're gonna to step on him, trounce on him every day. Jesus said, here's my statement, my mission statement. I've come that you may have life. Woo! And have it more abundantly. Zoe life. That means life as God would have it for you. Does God have a beautiful plan? Everything God ever made was good. Read Genesis 1, right? You were made good. Tell your neighbor you're good. You're good. Hallelujah. You are good. Praise God. Because of him, right? In your own self, you're not good. But in Christ, you are righteous. You are holy. You are good. So we see kind of going on here. Jabez is praying, keep me away from all of these evil things you know there are some pleasures in sin for a season anybody ever experienced that it, it feels good at the time feels good sin you know and i think that's the reason i was thinking about this yesterday so many people get caught in it you know elvis sang a song i'm caught in a trap you know kind of thing i can't get out he he was he got in the trap, didn't he? Of this. He was raised in an Assembly of God home there in, what is it, Tupelo, Mississippi? So anybody know? Anybody like Elvis? <laughs> Maybe I'm the only. Okay, we got some Elvis fans here. Bev loves Elvis. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, back, back to preaching here. But it, it can feel great and wonderful for a season, right? But then all the guilt and the shame and all the, the consequences of that sin, who all does it affect? David found out about it as well. Plum back in Psalms 51, he cries out to God, man, get me out of this thing. I'll repent. I, so restore unto me the joy of my salvation. People that are living in sin, they sometimes want to portray that life is great and wonderful. And when they're around that crowd partying and having a great time, but... Believe me, at night, some of them are going, why, why, why am I caught in this trap? What happened along the way? Why can't I dig myself out of this? I tell you, you can through Jesus. Amen. There's stories all in this room. Amen. Of people that conquered the devil, whipped the devil, put him in his place. Hallelujah. Praise God. The devil, again, his mission statement, to live beneath defeated, discouraged, cast down, 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 whereas God wants you to live 
above. We're going to talk a moment here, you know, uh, about the sinful nature. Galatians 5, verse 16. I want to go ahead. I started, really wanted to read 17 before 16, but since 16 comes before 17, Paul probably knew what he was doing better than I did, so he put the 16 before the 17. But here we, here we go. I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Anybody lived some of those two verses? You know, once you become a Christian, does the enemy quit? No. He still wants to, again, keep uh, persuading you, encouraging you, ta- uh, uh, teasing you, whatever. A lot of descriptive words here, but he doesn't like it that you've made a choice to follow Jesus. In fact, I, I, I read just this week the satanic group, the satanic movement, they are now doing unbaptisms. Unbaptisms. You can come to their temple or wherever they meet, and for $10, they'll put something on your head, I think, and give you a certificate that says unbaptized. Are we living? Yes, my God. Are we living in a messed up world? They're out and about, roaming to and fro, seeking whom they may devour for $10. Oh, oh, that just gives me cold chills, even thinking about that. What a, what a messed up world. And, the, and that's the way the enemy is. He gets you sucked in and takes you a lot farther than you ever thought you'd go. Amen? He keeps pulling you down, down, down. We have got to allow, and that first verse says it, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Woo! Come on. The Holy Spirit. Where's he at? Right here. Jesus left, but he said, I'm leaving somebody with you. And he's going to be there in the good times and the bad times and all the time. Holy Spirit, he'll abide with you live in you, dwell in you, remain in you. Praise God. How many are thankful for the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Man, we ought to wake up. You know, somebody, it was Benny Hinn years ago, wrote something, or maybe he used this. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning. About the time Robin Williams was doing the good morning Vietnam or something, right? Back then, and, and I'm telling how old I am now. But uh, good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, that, that's, that's a good, good thing to do before your feet even hit the ground. Hallelujah. Good morning, Holy Spirit. He wants to guide your lives. How? He wants you to stay full of Him. Can we leak? We leak sometimes, don't we? How many of you ever started your morning with your two-minute, five-minute, ten-minute, thirty-minute, whatever, devotion, and by nine o'clock, somebody at work, somebody in the family, somebody <coughs> jerked your chain. And man, you're, uh, it can happen. It happens to preachers, even. I know you can't believe that, <laughs> right, John? <laughs> but it does. 
even more so, right? Just as Terry and Pam mentioned, the enemy attacking them this week. He, he, you know, you get some victory, you gain some territory, and there he is. He's wanting to, to, to get his little nose back in the middle of it. That's the reason every day we wake up and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Woo, glory to God. We're going to have a good day today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We stay full. Full, fool. We stay full. My, my mouth's dry. We stay full, all right, of the Holy Spirit. That's a hint for somebody. Romans 5, 17, in the Amplified Version, says this. I mentioned a while ago, a lot of people think they're only going to rule and reign in the hereafter. Jesus, we've already read several statements that lets us know that he wants us to rule and reign even here. Here's, here's one that makes it pretty... Very clear. If because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, that unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, thank you, putting them into right standing with himself. What is the word here? Reign as Kings in where? Life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Are you ruling and reigning in life? You should be. Hallelujah. You should be. Amen. Who should be ruling and reigning here on the earth? It's us. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's you. You should be ruling. And reign. I better take this off right now. I may just get wound up here in a minute. Hallelujah. You should be ruling and reigning in life. Amen? Praise God. What does that mean? That means you give, give the devil no place. You quickly are aware of his devices and you cast him forth. And if you see somebody else that's being oppressed by the enemy, enemy do you have the power to cast out that demonic influence and power on that person's life? Yes, I've done it probably six, seven, eight times in my life in ministry for with young people back. I go way back to the 70s, ACDC, Black Sabbath, young people listening to the lyrics of those songs and uh, all kinds of sadistic lyrics in those songs, making love to corpses, I mean, on and on, just all kinds of nasty, filthy, perverse, listening to that, feeding it into their mind. I'll never forget it. At a youth retreat down at Ardmore uh, Lake Murray there. We were doing our back-to-school two-night, th three-day type thing to get them all ready and pumped up to go back to school. Two o'clock in the morning, one or two, knock on my door. said, man, guy in our cabin over here is foaming at the mouth and making all kinds of noises and all kinds of stuff. Uh, what do we do, youth pastor? Just a minute, I'll be right there. <laughs> get my clothes on and... Begin praying in the spirit. Gives me about two, five minutes. By the time I walk over there, I'm, and we cast him out. Amen. We cast him out. Amen. And in a few minutes, he's laying there on the floor, just back to normal, just calm and not foaming and, and not making all these noises and stuff. It happened in Hobbs. It's, I think I've told you before, it happened right out there in front of this church one night about midnight. Get a call from a young person. I got a friend in my car. He's acting weird and crazy pastor i think he's got you've talked about demons and devils i think i think he may have one i said i'll be right there 
get up here. It was cold. I remember the wind was blowing. He crawls out of that car and starts foaming at the mouth coming towards me. And I say, in the name of Jesus, you lay down right now. He fell over right there on the ground, wriggling and writhing and stuff. And we stayed out there in the cold. I remember I was cold. We finally got into where he's back in his right mind. Brought him in here and sat on that row right back there and talked to him. He had been involved in some Indian spiritualism and some things from his grandpa that had been transferred and passed down into his generation. And we broke it! We broke the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. Keep me away from evil that I may not cause pain. Will evil cause pain? Will it cause harm? Does it affect other people around you? Yes, it does. That's the sad story that the devil doesn't tell you when you enter into that, I'm not going to say covenant, but it's it's pretty strong word. When you enter into that relationship, I'll, use, I'll be nice. When you enter into that relationship with the devil to allow him to rule your life and have dominion over you, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Amen? How many are glad for Jesus? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got time to preach a little more, right? Let's look at Colossians 3. I love this verse. Several verses here. I love to read the Word of God, and I love to read it to you and let you read it on the screen, too. You can read right along with us today. I think I can dial that one in back there. As far as the world is concerned, you have died. When you become a, uh, a Christian, you've died to the world, haven't you? Say, I'm dead. I'm dead. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our what? Life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden, deprive of its power the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses and all that is earthly, in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry. What? That is idolatry, the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. God is not pleased when we allow the, the, the natural man to rule and reign. Amen? Ooh, that's Paul nailed it on the head right there. It isn't on account of those very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obstinately, that means stubbornly, everybody say stubborn, opposed to the divine will, among whom you also, what? Once walked, but not today, right? Once walked like that when you were living in and addicted to such practices. But now, whoo, now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. Anger, rage, bad feelings towards others, curses, slander, and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. What do I do with it? Put it away. Put it away. I'm no longer that guy. 
But do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old and unregenerate self with its evil practices and have clothed yourselves. How many got a new wardrobe? Mm -mm. Hallelujah. A new wardrobe. You've clothed yourselves with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded unto fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. Man alive. Is that good? Hallelujah. Paul said to take off the old clothes, right? And what? Put on the new. Praise God. Anybody ever been in booster band? Somebody goes, I don't even know what that is, preacher. <laughs> Anybody raised in a little country church? Maybe I better start there. Yeah, in between Sunday school and church, they'd line us all up. Ten, twelve, have five, six. How many of there were in the little old country church I was raised in? We'd sing that song, something about take, take off the old and put on the new. You know, just I never forget that. When you when you become a, a you become a new creation in Christ. Amen. A new creature. Paul said it so well. Second Corinthians five. 17, we've, we've become a new creation in Christ. Why do we keep living down here when we should be living up here? Am I preaching where you live today? We've got to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I'm winding this thing down here. In fact, I'm going to skip that page. We'll go right on over to here. Hallelujah. If you think you can stand in your own ability and strength, think again. There's a lot of people that thought, especially macho men, I can handle this. I can handle all this. No, no, you can't. You need Jesus in your life every day. There's too many Christians that are giving the devil way too much control. Seriously. I said seriously. I see it as a pastor. I've been a pastor for a number of years, and I see it in people's lives. And you want to sometimes... Almost do, do a reality check with them. Y'all know what that is, right? <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't slap myself too hard here today. Yeah, almost a slap and say, wake up. Wake up. You're giving the enemy way too much power and control. The spirit man inside of you has got to rise up. The devil has no power, no authority over you. I'm going to read another scripture here. I've read, I don't know how many today, but here's one more. Colossians 2, 15. And I like this one because it actually spells it out really well. God disarmed. Can we say that? Disarmed. The principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it. Where did it happen at? The cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He has no power. He's been dismantled. He's been disarmed. He's been stripped of his power. Praise God. He still thinks he has it. And he still tries to exercise it. But we refuse to acknowledge it. We refuse to acknowledge it. In fact, I, I wrote something down here, a little, 
illustration I'd read here one day this week studying. You know, it's, some, it's one thing for someone to point a gun at you with bullets in it, right? It's quite another thing if you know it's empty. Selah. The devil's gun is empty. Hallelujah. He's been stripped of his bullets, and he has no power, praise God, to harm you. I hope you remember that. He has no bullets, no power, no authority over you or your life. Praise God. He's been stripped, been disarmed. Church, we've got to get this. We've got to get this somehow, some way. Everyone, hear me, please. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, get this in your spirit. Give the devil. I did, I think, something last year along the... Maybe spring of last year, no advantage, no place, no opportunity. And here we are back again uh, preaching on this in a different text, in a different way. But we have got to grab a hold of this. I see so many people come to church under one kingdom, but then they flip back to the other kingdom during the week. Flip, flop, flip, flop. Right? Why not flip and stay flipped? Amen? Instead of flopping. How many like flipping better than flopping? <laughs> All right. Praise God. That's what we need to do. Is that the goal? Don't keep transferring power back and forth, coming to church and getting prayed over or, you know, getting filled up with the Holy Spirit and then going out during the week and flopping back over and giving the devil any place. Are you, are you getting this today? Hallelujah. The devil has already been defeated. Get that. It's already happened. God can't do anything greater for you than what he's already done. He gave his very best, his only begotten son. Hallelujah. That you might walk in this life ruling and reigning in power. I want us to stand together today. I'm about to land the airplane here. Praise God. I love this prayer of Jabez. And I pray that it's ministered to your heart in the same way it has mine. It has definitely pulled me up in my spirit realm with the Lord Jesus Christ. has challenged me. has taught me to pray even more than I have been. Because, you know, the last part of that prayer, and we didn't mention it today. We did in some of the other se- sessions was, here's the, here's the part that I love. God granted his request God granted he prayed those four things and four things and God granted his request can we pray church and God grant our request amen when he comes down the phone book of life and he looks at your name I hope his finger lands on you the same way it did with Jabez amen He saw someone that's honorable, someone that's trying to live the life for God, someone that cried out and called out to him, and God began to move gloriously in his life. It's not just a story, folks, that we read here that happened hundreds and thousands of years ago. The Word of God is powerful right now. It's a right now word for many of you, and I know some of you have already called me or I've visited with you and said, God's already starting to do some things in enlargement in my life, and just, just... 
Again, pray this prayer from your heart. Mean it to God. And watch God, hallelujah, move in your life. Let's just bow our heads today. Lord, I thank you. Praise you for your word. It is a lamp unto my feet. And it is a light unto my pathway. God, when I'm living in the word, I'm cherishing the word, I'm valuing the word, I'm hiding it in my heart. Life is so good. Lord, it's when I move away from that, when the enemy causes me to be busier than I think I really am and I quit doing those things, I neglect my time with you that I give the enemy a foothold. You said there in Ephesians that we do not give him, we do not give him any place or any foothold because when he gets a foothold, then he wants more and more and more. So, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, a man known as a word preacher, as a word liver, a word walker. Praise God. We're going to walk out the word as we have for several years, God, and watch you move in our lives. Watch you open doors of blessings and enlargement and your hand being upon us and the evil one completely stopped in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our head's still bowed today. I'm going to be very direct today. No one's looking around. We're just thinking about what we've heard today from the Word. You're here today and you're not right with God. And you'll admit it. The flesh man has perhaps been ruling and reigning in your life. You'd slip your hand up and say, I want to get things right with God today. Would you slip your hand up? I want to get things right with God. Yes. I want to get things right with God. Holy Spirit's been talking to me about some things, and I, kind of like Paul, I've had good intentions, but I keep allowing that sinful nature, that carnal nature, to take back over control, and I want to lay that down. I want to give my life completely to the Lord today. I saw two hands today. Is there anyone else here today? I want to get things right with God. I'm going to wait just a moment. Things are not where they should be in my life. Amen. There's another back there. Hallelujah. Second thing I want to ask you is maybe the devil has attacked you this week, last week, this month, this year, and you want a breakthrough in your life. You want to see that power rise up inside of you. If that's you today, raise your hand up. The enemies attack me. Yes, hands going up several places. And it could be children. It could be job situations. It could be finances. It could be emotionally. It could be uh, health-wise. So many things. But the enemies attacked you. And you want to walk out of here today. Praise God. Set free. Amen. By the power of God. Yes. Several, several hands going up. Hallelujah. And lastly, and this hopefully is all of us, I want to live in the Spirit every day. If that's you, hold your hand up. I want to live, walk, breathe, talk, move in the Holy Spirit every day of my life. He's living inside of me. I'm going to start listening to Him more. I'm going to start following Him and refuse all the darkness and the power and the sway of the enemy. 
If you raised your hand today and you feel comfortable, I want you to walk to the front today. We're going to pray together. There's many hands raised on different ones of these, but we're going to come down together as one body of Christ, one body of people today, and we're going to lay some things down here at the altar today. Hallelujah. We're going to see a victory. That song that we sang earlier is right. We're going to see a victory. We're going to see some strongholds and things broken in people's lives here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Going to see strongholds broken down. Praise God. Sheila, sing a little bit of that. I'm going to see, sing this, and then we're going to pray for you. I'm going to get Terry and uh, Jonathan and Juan and different ones to come down through here. We're just going to pray a simple prayer over you today that God's going to give you victory. Terry, if you want to start on that end, Jonathan, you get about right in here, and Juan, you start on that end. Hallelujah. As she, we're going to sing this and just begin to praise God. All right?
you ask not. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord, because you have to understand that there is evil in this world, Lord. But Lord, we thank you no matter what you're going through. There is nothing too big for God. There is nothing too big for God. That's why the, that's why the word was sent. I was glad when I came into the house of the Lord. Why? Because with all this evil in this world, when I come into the house of the Lord, I can get some peace. When I come to the word, when that word let me know that everything is going to be all right, I can get some peace because we live in a world of evil. We live in a world of hell. Satan knows there's only a certain amount of time before God is going to come back. And he's ramping up demons and devils, demonic spirits, get all this stuff, this pride. Like me and my wife was talking about, you can't even watch a TV show. They got to put the gay people over here. They got to have all this stuff going on. They got all the stuff in the kids' shows. And you got to sit here and try to discern what your kids can watch to make sure, because it's a spiritual world. It's a spiritual world. And Satan is busy. He's trying to expose all this stuff to make this evil seem like it's okay. But it's not. And he give us his spirit. He said, we try these spirits by the spirit. The word lets us know right from wrong. And we have to go out into this world, a dying world, that they can't see right from wrong because Satan has blinded the minds of them. So we have to shine that light. So when you see evil, you shine your light on evil. And you let them know that it is wrong. And you pray for them because God will bring them out. The word says he'll bring them out of the fire. But how he going to bring them out if we don't show them another option? 
That option is Jesus. The answer for the world today is Jesus. And he said that I'm, I'm going to go and prepare a place, but I'm going to leave you with something. I'm going to leave you with his spirit. And he said, how are they going to see me? If they see me, they're going to have to see me through you. If they see me, they're going to have to see me through you. So this world that needs to see Jesus, if we don't show them Jesus, then how are they going to see it? Good word. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Powerful. Amen. Praise God. How many got something today? Amen. How many know that you're ruling and reigning in Christ? Amen. Please do not allow the enemy to drag you down. He may try before you get to the parking lot. Some person meaning well may say something to you, and you may try to get, he, he's going to try to let you get offended before you, before you get out the door, right? He will. So what do we do? Give him no place. Stay full of the Holy Spirit. We cast out devils, amen, in the name of Jesus. We lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Let's go out, church, and be the church, as he just said. Let's go out and shine. Hallelujah. God bless you. James, would you come up here and just say a closing prayer? See if I can keep my composure. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Lord God, what a privilege. Oh, Father, that you would send your son who would give himself in obedience to you unto death, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that we can walk upright before you in all things. That it's by your name and by your spirit and by your power, Father, that we live and breathe and have our being. And now, Father God, as we go into the world, you go with us. Lord God, that we can be the light in the world that you have sent us to be. That in all things, always, we are mindful of you and your spirit in all that we do. And we thank you, Father God, now for this time that we've been able to spend with you here together, Father. And now that as we go, you go with us. And we praise you and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. All right. You.